Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Happy Friday morning, Buckeye Nation. It's, of course, week three for Ohio State as they get ready to play Western Kentucky this weekend. But we're going to step aside from the current Ohio State Buckeyes for just a few minutes. Today's episode is back to building the Buckeyes. We're going to go back on the recruiting trail with our guy, John Garcia Jr., who's now over at Rivals, but still hot on the trail to tell you everything that you need to know about the class of 2024 for the Ohio State Buckeyes. So building the Buckeyes coming up next this Friday morning on Buckeye Breakdown. We've got the whole crew together as we cover Ohio State with our instant analysis from Ohio State. There's something that doesn't feel right. Unbelievable effort from him today. Is EJ Liddell going to crack the first team all Big Ten? I think he can be the guy. I'm not trying to start a quarterback controversy. He seems to have the durability. He certainly has the toughness. This is the question on a lot of people's minds here. Welcome to Buckeye Breakdown. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Buckeye Breakdown, part of Buckeyes Now, uh, the Sports Illustrated Media Group. Glad to have you here this morning as uh, we are just over 24 hours away from Ohio State kicking off week three against Western Kentucky tomorrow afternoon in the shoe. Uh, But we've got an episode of Building the Buckeyes today. We're really excited to have John Garcia Jr. back with us. John's been a frequent guest on the pod over the years, and it's great to have him back. John, what's going on, man? Different backdrop, uh, but same story. Excited to be on with you. Obviously, anytime we're talking Ohio State, we're talking about the best of the best in recruiting, and, and that's really where uh, we like to spend most of our time, obviously. For those of uh, for those of you that are watching live at home, that's cool, and we appreciate that. John, uh, referring to his new backdrop at Rivals, he's got a new, uh, a new business card these days, but he's still doing the same great work. It's still a great source of information, so we're glad to have him on. For all the latest news and info on Ohio State, you can certainly check out BuckeyesNow.com, and we'd appreciate it if you subscribe to the YouTube channel. We do content like this every single day. want to give you all the latest on the Bucks. All right, John, I guess uh, probably the guy to start with is Jeremiah Smith, only because he is uh, he's probably at the top of this class in, in terms of overall interest. Obviously plays a position where it seems like it's become this wide receiver factory. He seems to be the next in line. Uh, what's the latest you're hearing or, or seeing with Jeremiah? Well, first of all, the latest we're seeing is is record numbers. I mean, he had a 300-yard game um, against an out-of-state team the other day, and it was just – the quintessential Jeremiah Smith show. It was like every route in the route tree was pressed and and, and satisfied with, with the quarterback. I mean, he hit go routes. He worked well underneath at six foot three, 210 pounds. He was able to go down and get the football uh, on the turf. He played the sideline game, uh, just kind of the entire package on display uh, last Friday for Shamanad Madonna, one of the top teams in high school football. And, and that's why everything he does has become such a lightning rod recruiting topic because of course longtime commitment to the ohio state university and naturally every school closer to home trying to keep him there whether you talk miami florida or florida state and i think what what makes this so interesting is that jeremiah i guess contrary to a lot of recruits 
has kind of laid out this plan from the beginning. He said, look, I'm committed to Ohio State. If Brian Hartline is there and Ryan Day is there, I'm probably going, going to be there, like pretty much no matter what. But college football is crazy. The coaching carousel is crazy. If something does happen, I've got to do some due diligence. And he has certainly done that part. Uh, and, and he's basically gotten to the point now where it's, I'm going to Ohio State or I'm going to stay in the state of Florida. So Miami, Florida, and Florida State all feel like they have some chance, whether it's a puncher's chance or more, they feel increasingly confident that they've got you know something to play for with Jeremiah Smith. And when he's the number one skill player in the country, you've got to recruit him anyway. If you're Mario Cristobal, he's right in your backyard. If you're Billy Napier, he's a sign of this is going to help us turn things around. And if he's Mike, if you're Mike Norvell, he's a sign of let's keep this thing rolling at, at Florida State. And, and Jeremiah has received those messages in a similar light. I think with Miami, it's personal. It's the local school. He's got some teammates committed there at Florida. He's really close to DJ Lagway, the quarterback commitment headed to Gainesville. Um, so I think that structure is something he likes. And obviously, SEC football sells itself. And I think with Florida State, it's about I can be the next. I can kind of maintain this trajectory that FSU is on. But none of that compares to Ohio State. He says it all the time. He's reiterated it, oh, gosh, 100 times in the last six months because every you know local site is asking about the other schools more so than Ohio State. And he's just like, look, it's first round you. It's wide receiver you. I want to be the next great one there. At, at Ohio State, and, and you see him make visits to Columbus, and he's standing next to Marvin Harrison Jr., and he's like the same size, if not a little bigger. So you, you just you start to see how easy that transition might be for Jeremiah. So um, I think the ball is still very much in Ohio State's court. Uh, it's not over till it's over, uh, until the carousel dust settles, all of that. But again, that's been laid out by Jeremiah from the beginning uh, and he'll be back in Columbus this weekend. So that's always good uh, to reiterate uh, and, and reaffirm that verbal commitment status. So fascinating recruitment, uh, but, but an even better player uh, and person, very business-like approach from Jeremiah, which to me, it almost helps him double down on Ohio State. You know, he's a business-like kid. I wanna go three years. I wanna go in the first round. I wanna do it this way strategically. And that's really the, identity of Ohio State offensively over the last, gosh, it's becoming like almost the last decade at this point. I, I, I don't want to put you too on the spot, but who does, who does he remind you of, uh, especially if it could be a comp, you know, to one of Ohio State's previous receivers? Is it is it a Garrett Wilson type guy? Is it a Chris Olave type guy? I mean, I, like where, go back as far as you'd like with Ohio State. Who does Jeremiah remind you of? Yeah, I think physically when he lines up on the outside, you'll probably get more Michael Thomas vibes just mm -hmm. from the height, the weight, again, 6'3", 210. But I think once he actually gets going, you see the polish, the route construction. It's going to – I mean, it's it's lofty, but it's going to push you a little bit more towards the Marvin Harrison conversation. I mean, he's got that type of juice. He's got that type of catch radius, body control, all of the things that make you uh, – strong in the margins, good to great, great to elite, whatever it is, he's got all of that in, in spades. And he's already physically about where he needs to be from a height and weight standpoint at the collegiate or even the pro level one day. You know, down here in South Florida, Julio Jones has been kind of the long-term 
comparison. And obviously, again, just like Marvin, that's incredibly lofty in any sense. But I, I get I get a little bit more Calvin Johnson with him. You know, there's 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 one coach that I'm close with who who competes against Jeremiah every year. And he says when he flips a switch, he turns into Megatron. He's, he's got this edge and competitiveness about him that when you kind of you get into him a little bit, he goes harder and just just works harder. And then it's it's really this unstoppable force. But obviously, you know, Marvin, Julio, Calvin, any of those names, even Michael Thomas, I think would satisfy Buckeye Nation and, and wherever, you know, a Sunday team begins to scout him at. Not sure if you've had a chance to see Mylon Graham very much. Obviously, he's another extremely highly rated kid at wide receiver. And, and I almost wonder if he is uh, underappreciated a little by Ohio State fans simply because he's in the shadow of, of what Jeremiah Smith is projected to be. Uh, how much should Mylon Graham you know, be appreciated? Because it, it sure feels like Ohio State's got more than just one guy coming in that could be a huge, huge addition. Right. And we've seen Ohio State work well with that. Right. I mean, we, we talk about all these great groups that they've had just as much as we talk about the great individual performers. And look, I, I saw Milan this summer at the Elite 11. He was catching passes for these these great quarterbacks, including Aaron Nolan, the Buckeye commitment. And man, I was I was super impressed. Uh, Jeremiah was there as well. So the thought of them together. Uh, just started, you know, making a lot of folks draw comparisons. Is is this Wilson Olave? Is this Smith and Jigba and then someone else? I mean, Mylon in his own right, 6'1", 6'2", broad shoulders, kind of that basketball build, but he's got his own set of polish. I think he's twitchy, maybe a little twitchier than Jeremiah, but, but my main takeaway was his own level of polish from a route running and a hands perspective he was there uh, at every single step. So I, I think you're getting a couple of receivers, kind of like last cycle with, with Carnell Tate, Brandon Ennis, and that group. You're getting a couple of guys who look the part from a height and weight standpoint, but in terms of the intricacies, they're right there as well. So it, it really is an embarrassment of riches because in any other class in the country, Mylon Graham would be not only the positional headliner, but maybe the overall headliner for a recruiting class as a blue chipper, borderline five-star for us at Rivals. John Garcia, Jr., our guest uh, over at Rivals now and, and doing a great job on the national recruiting scene. John, uh, you mentioned Aaron Nolan's name, and obviously, you know, there's a lot of talk around Ohio State fanhood right now around quarterback because finally Ryan Day has named Kyle McCord the guy. Um you know, the, the competition with Devin Brown leaked into the season. And, and that was a little frustrating because it wasn't that both guys were playing at such an elite level that it forced the coaches to extend it. It was both guys had lacked a little consistency, shown some flashes of really good play. Um, and that's not necessarily what Ohio State fans are used to seeing. But personally, I'm, I'm really not that worried about Ohio State at quarterback. I think Kyle McCord's going to be really, really good. I'm, I'm far more concerned about Ohio State's offensive line production right now. Um, but quarterback's what a lot of folks want to talk about, and Aaron Nolan seems to be one of the next guys in line here. What's the latest going on with Air? Look, Air is, is a huge stock-up recruit for us. Uh, we mentioned the Elite 11 where Air was, was spinning it against the other great and elite quarterbacks in this class. And in every workout, in every competition setting, in every we got to make you feel uncomfortable type of scenario, he looked comfortable. He looked like he belonged 
with just about any of those throwers, whether you talk Dylan Rayola, whether you talk Julian Sand, any of the great players in this class, Air belonged. Uh, and there's just this, there's this calm with him. He's not the rah-rah guy. He's not going to, you know, do the trick shot, jump pass, and, and, and make you go, oh, my goodness. But when it comes to accuracy, decision-making, timing, anticipation, the mechanics of delivering the football, it's consistent and it's elite every single time. So he's a lefty, and I think that's going to be, you know, quite interesting to see going forward. But as as the NFL and college ball showing us to a single Bailoa, Michael Penix at the collegiate level, the lefties are making a comeback in this quarterback conversation. So I think Aaron Nolan is, is, is one of the best we've scouted. Naturally, I go back to Tua in high school because he's really the only elite lefty that I remember scouting. And I think Tua was known for you know, more of the intermediate game, kind of what he's known for now, the intermediate game and that quick release and the quick processing. I think Air has that on a bigger build, six foot two, over 200 pounds, but he's just as quick with that release and just as smooth with it. You almost forget he's a lefty, which is to me a huge compliment uh, to Aaron Nolan's game. Uh, and look, where it counts most in the evaluation game Friday nights, he's a beast. I know a lot of Buckeye fans saw him open up his senior season on ESPN with a big win uh, and in a late game throw against the grain to win uh, against Carrollton High School. But go to last year. I mean, you're talking state championship, 15-0, and 0, over 4,000 yards, nearly 60 touchdowns. I mean, he, he is as productive as any quarterback that has gone to Ohio State. And he's playing in Atlanta. I mean, he's playing truly elite competition. So I know, I guess perception says, well, you had Dylan Rayola and now you, you pivoted to Aaron Olin because Rayola defected. But again, head to head, they belong right next to each other. And, and in some cases, Aaron Olin looked more consistent, more accurate, more comfortable than Dylan Rayola, though Dylan has a bit of a bigger arm and obviously more eyeballs uh, and, and reputation around his game. So that'll be fascinating. I think we'll track both of these guys together the rest of the way. But Aaron Olin's going to come in and, and try to shake things up at Ohio State. And he's got this demeanor and, and calm about him, uh, a maturity, if you will, that I think is, is going to allow him to contend as an underclassman. Glad you brought up Dylan's name. There's a lot of people, too, right now talking about Quinn Ewers because – Quinn's playing out of his mind really, really well. And obviously Texas beats Alabama. That that has created some shockwaves around the sport. And I think the combination of, you know, Dylan backs out of a commitment and and Quinn comes and then leaves, combined with where Ohio State entered the season here, not publicly sure, is it Kyle, is it Devin? Um, how, how big of a deal when you get – you know, you don't live in Columbus. I know you're you're obviously really familiar with what's going on here and, and with a lot of these big recruits around the country, but you have the perspective of being able to take off the scarlet and gray glasses here. How, how big of a deal was it that Dylan backed out of his commitment? And, and is there any national concern about Ohio State with two quarterbacks like that in fairly short order saying, hey, I'm, I'm coming to Ohio State. One of them actually shows up, and then now two have gone, ah, you know what, this isn't the place for me. I think in one hand, it's the nature of the beast. I mean, every school deals with quarterback transfers and or, you know, quarterback decommits, whether you go to the other schools you mentioned, you go to Texas, you go to Alabama, uh, even the USC's of the world, Lincoln Riley have all dealt with 
uh, quarterback defections in one way, shape, or form. So I do think that's part of the current status of quarterbacking at the collegiate level. You want to be the guy. And when you consistently bring in elite guys, obviously, I mean, look at the Joe Burrow situation. Obviously, you can only pick one starter, you know, and, and that kind of worked out for everybody at that time, right? So I think that's a part of, of the quarterbacking game in general and the business of it. Um, but on the other hand, I remember when Rayola decommitted, I made some calls. Hey, did, did something happen? Was there anything like that he didn't like about Ohio State? Did somebody rub him the wrong way? You know, this is a kid with, with NFL bloodlines. He's got resources. He's, he's, he lives, he's lived all over the country. Did something happen here from Ohio State standpoint? I got unanimous no's with that. I got in turn, I got more. Ohio State was just as surprised as everybody else, you know. Mm -hmm. So I think this was a little bit more Dylan Rayola led than Ohio State led in terms of that departure. Uh, with Quinn, look, Texas kid, um, he he really, you know, he skipped a year of high school. He he really threw his own wrench into the end of his high school career, and it forced him to make some decisions that he thought were going to be best for him long term, and it didn't turn out to be the case. So I think that was a more unique situation than a Dylan Rayola, but I don't think the perception of Ohio State quarterback, you know, room building, if you will, I don't think that has taken a hit. Um, I mean, look, you just had a kid go number two in the draft or whatever it was, yeah, sure. CJ Stroud, and, and, and he's, he's starting as a rookie in, in the NFL. So I don't think in that little time you could take a big enough perceptional hit to where high school quarterbacks now say that Ohio State offer doesn't mean as much as it used to. We're, we're very far from that. I think it's a little bit more coincidental from a timing perspective of Quinn leaving and obviously this this back and forth between McCord and Brown. Um, but I think all that dust is going to settle now and, and Aaron Olin coming in as a five-star guy on Rivals.com. All of that is going to re resettle that part of the conversation. And, and like you said, McCord's probably going to figure it out and, and probably have a pretty big year uh, in 23. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you uh, I'm glad you said that because sometimes perception is reality and I, I just I don't think anybody at Ohio State is willing to actually think and say out loud that they don't believe in Ryan Day's ability to develop a quarterback that that's just ridiculous his track record is I think better than anybody else's in the last decade but uh, when you get outside of Columbus I just wonder if, if that was always the case from a perception standpoint um, is there anybody in the 2024 class that you really like that maybe hasn't gotten enough pub? That's a great question. Look, I really like this entire group. When we know about the highest rated guys, you know, the Edric Houston's of the world, uh, certainly the corners, uh, the in-state corners that Ohio State's brought in. I like this running back group. It's, it's a group of three very different style running backs uh, with, with Peoples and, and those guys. And I think there's there's some sleepers within that group. Sam Dixon, the in-stater, was one I was, I was pretty close to uh, during my time at Sports Illustrated. Um, and, and we actually did his, his commitment together. Man, you, know, you pop on the film on that kid. He's running it. He's catching it. He's playing quarterback. He's playing special teams. He's playing defense. This is a football player. So you, you just kind of wonder when he settles and is able to just get in that running back room and, and dive into that exclusively how that may turn out for him just from a growth standpoint and, he, and physically six foot 210 he's a big physical back already so I kind of root for those type of, of players that are just uh, great high school players and then they get to go to college and focus on one position and then they get to, to really take the next steps and we know 
running back is one of those where it's not always the highest rated guy that comes in and, and does the best. Sometimes it's it's that next group. And I think Dixon could be a nice sleeper for this class. But there really aren't a whole lot of sleepers. You know, Ohio State's got the number two class in the country. And if you go pound for pound, so average star rating, Ohio State's got the number one class in the country over the Georgia Bulldogs. So there's not a whole lot of two and three star types in this class. Another kind of confirmation of, of hey, this this Buckeye train is still going to roll. There's just some on-field questions and kinks to figure out at the beginning of the season. So it's a great group uh, with with stars uh, across the board. I, I think they address the secondary incredibly well. Um, obviously, running back and offensive lines got great volume. Jordan Lyles, a guy down here that, that we really like at Rivals, a guy who's ascending every single time uh, that we see him. Um, and then, yeah, when it comes to skill position on offense, you know Ohio State is going to reload, and, and that's exactly what this class looks like. Can't wait to see how these guys all uh, all shake out when they get to Columbus here in, in the uh, well next sometimes uh, five months for guys or, or six months that our guys are going to early enroll, and then uh, certainly uh, next summer for the remainder of the group. John, where can we find your work? Real simple, Rivals.com. Uh, check us out there. We're on the road. It's football season at every level. And, uh, yeah, we get to talk about it uh, all the way up to, to the league. So check us out, Rivals.com. Of course, John's Twitter handle is uh, shared on the bottom of the screen. But if you're listening after the fact, it's at John Garcia underscore junior. Um, John, appreciate it, man. Really look forward to checking in with you here more regularly, especially as we're in the heart of the season. And uh, keep up the great work. We miss you, but we're glad to have you still around here a little uh, in little ways. Sounds good. Thanks for having me. All right. All the latest news and information on Ohio State football is over on BuckeyesNow.com. Can't wait for kickoff tomorrow. we got plenty of coverage coming all weekend long, so lock it in right here on our YouTube channel. We'll have a, uh, certainly have our pregame hit from the stadium, uh, but we'll do our, our live postgame show from Ohio Stadium as well. We'll have Ryan Day's press conference postgame, where I imagine we'll hear from a couple of players at the podium as well, and uh, we'll break down everything you want to know about Ohio State, hopefully beating up. Western Kentucky uh, down in Columbus. For John Garcia Jr., I'm Brendan Gulick. We'll see you tomorrow in Columbus. Thanks for listening to Building the Buckeyes.